structures are not serving us well. We need to creatively destroy the ships that brought us here and move into the land of the future with better tools. Tools that keep us safer and healthier, that create more wealth for more people, that foster more intimate and rewarding relationships. We need to leave behind what is not working. We need a modern revolution. We invite here, they are thinking differently, and we'll tell you where you can learn all about them later, after you have listened to them closely. For now, we don't want to impress you with what they have done, we want to impress you with what they have to say. The Modern Revolution will be podcasted. Okay, well, welcome back to the Modern Revolution. and. For those of you who've been listening all along, you know that we don't tell you a lot about the folks we talk about. In fact, we discourage the notion of trying to create their authority before you listen to them. And instead, we invite you to listen deeply to them. And if their ideas resonate with that with you and you want to learn more about them, certainly we are going to give you ways uh, to find them. In fact, our the classes that we host at the three minute uplift in the blog section there you're going to see the video associated with this conversation and there'll be a lot of show notes that will direct you to find out all about our guest and so we feel like the person we're going to talk to today she's important and she's doing great work in the world uh, so lou hamilton thank you for making time for us today thank you so much for um, having me on the show so we, we know that you come to us and it's not like you've just done one thing in your career and in your life and that you know, you're a multifaceted person, you've done a lot of different things and, and your work is not just about one thing as well. However, uh, I'd like to ask you to distill down your work in the world to, if not a phrase, you know, more of a haiku than a novel, uh, something short. And, you know, second, what problem is this work in the world trying to solve? So Lou, could you, could you do that for us? Talk about what your work in the world is. Yeah, so I used to be led by my mission of using creativity to make a difference in the world. And, and that sort of drove me for many years, but it, it felt quite vague. And I think that it's become clearer to me in the last couple of years since we've had the pandemic, I think we've had more, all had more time to, to think and to really ponder on what, what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we're um, serving others. And, and so for me, through the podcast and through the podcast guest agency that I've set up during the, the pandemic, um, I, I aim to give a platform for women, uh, women's voices to talk about how they're having an impact in the world and what they're trying to do to make a difference. And, and it is twofold because I do also work as an abstract painter, landscape painter. And, and so I, I'm very concerned and always have been about um, the physicality of our environment and, and how we look after that. And I think in sort of more recent times in the last sort of year or so that's become much more relevant um, as we think about um, 
the climate crisis and and so i'm i'm very concerned personally in my own work my own creativity to be focusing on how we can help to um, work with those people who are very expert in in climate change and and so using sort of our creative minds to help make a difference and communicate um, some solutions so just uh, to paraphrase back what you said and to see if I'm, I'm understanding properly. So your the theme in which kind of started your professional work was this notion of that the creativeness within people uh, that needed um, to find connection in the world. Is that kind of a fair thing? And so in that you created um, structures in which you could, um, particularly women, find creative women in the world who those stories and the work that those women are doing needed to be told to the world at large. Um, and as you kind of got into that work, that expanded to include the creativity of people who were looking to protect the physical environment, the natural environment. Is that is that a fair sort of um, paraphrase of what you said to me? Yeah, I think, um, yes, that's right. But I think that it originated with my own creativity and what I was trying to do. And, and through that, part of that was being able to help women to find a voice and, and podcasts coming along was really something that um, was something that had kind of um, mirrored something that I'd done many decades before, well before uh, social media, before the internet, before very many technologies came along. And, it was a performance that um, a friend and I had done. We were working together and we wanted to set, to give a platform for women's voices. And how we did that then was to send out um, uh, postcards and uh, to ask women to write down on the back of the postcards the things that they'd wanted to say but hadn't felt able to. And then with those words, we projected them onto huge screens with giant mouths and these words came out of the mouths. Um, in a performance space um, as a performance with uh, some live elements as well. And so then it was only sort of decades later when I sort of came across podcasting. I was, you know, and I'd, I'd done this book called Brave New Girl, which was these drawings I'd made. And um, it was really exploring what it was to, to be courageous and to, to go out into the world and with your fear, go and do and explore and be curious um, and from that book I thought well you know are there other ways of exploring what brave new girls are and can be and then when podcasting came along you know for me it I thought well maybe I invite real life brave new girls on and then they can tell their stories and so it really sort of that kind of harked back to something that I'd done many decades before but hadn't been able to articulate or move that forward until the technology was there. And, and then by the nature of the pandemic, I could, you know, originally the podcast had been a live event. Um, I couldn't do that in pandemic, so it became something that I could do remotely. And so that kind of whole possibility of, of giving a platform for women across the world became possible. Right, yeah. Well, we come together via, you know, the, uh, the, the pandemic's need for us to reach out more broadly and, you know, which is its own small blessing there. It's, and so it's, it sounds to me, you have a life as an artist 
that is um, a part of your identity and your, you know, your relationship to the world. And then you have a, a life as a curator of um, stories to bring to the world for other, not just artists, but people who are doing kind of extraordinary uh, work in the world. So you have, you, you probably need a Lou Hamilton yourself. You probably need someone to bring your art. It's sometimes it's not as easy to, to, um, to bring this. Or my mom is a, is a poet and uh, she's, a, she's a really successful poet, you know? And um, my dad is saying, well, when does this translate into some extraordinary uh, wealth? And my mom tells me, says, being a poet's like being a ballet dancer, you know? Spend all your time being so disciplined, but your uh, your work is largely private uh, relative to being a rock star or any of that stuff. So, um, so you you had this path that maybe you didn't even pick. Like there, are many creatives, many artists are just the two they are. Uh, they don't necessarily cultivate it the way someone might pick a different career. However, you have a business side of you that presumably you did pick, and. Um, and so you seem to be trying to balance uh, those two impulses within yourself. So I'm curious, um, did you come to this configuration of how you set your life up as both artist and you know, curator of other people's uh, stories and art to the world? Did that happen as an epiphany or was it something incremental that you started whenever you started you know, as a working artist or, and then, you know, it came to, to evolve to this. So was it incremental or did it happen in a flash? Well, I guess it was incremental in terms of working as a multidisciplinary artist in, you know, whatever medium I could use. So I was working as a filmmaker and a, a photographer and, you know, working in very sort of different kind of multimedia ways. And that was how I was you know, really first interested in, in women's issues and, and women's voices. Um, and, and as I sort of evolved through filmmaking, um, I started to feel my own creativity sort of sap away because, um, you know, it was, it's hard to, to get documentaries off the ground. It, you know, it takes a lot of time. Um, you're spending a lot of time doing sort of fundraising and, and all that side of things. And, and so I felt like sort of my creativity was sort of, somehow being separated from me and and so it was when um I turned 50 and my children were leaving home and I started drawing again and this little character sort of popped out Brave New Girl and it was just a little pencil drawing um that sort of then became the book but but the act of uh drawing then kind of unleashed this sort of whole creative uh I guess kind of barrier came down and it all just came flooding out and I started to paint again and and so I guess all of this stuff was sort of happening and flowing and and I do work very prolifically and and the idea of um, the podcast was very much come out of the drawings that I wanted to kind of envision the real life brave new girls I wanted to kind of talk to those women and mm -hmm. and have conversations with them and 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 um those those ideas and discussions and you know that that expertise and and innovation and creativity I wanted to be a place where I could um unleash that not just for myself but from from the other women that that came on 
But at the same time, my own sort of private practice of painting was very much sort of part and parcel. So I thought if, if there's a separation, then originally it was that painting was my passion and podcasting and that kind of platform was my purpose. But then as I started to move towards really understanding that the painting is, is very much about my, my concern about the planet and climate change. Um, and therefore that the people I was inviting on to the show were, were, were much more around um, purposefully having an impact that, you know, they were trying to have an impact in the world. And, and a lot of those women are to do with sustainability and uh, the whole climate change picture. And so I found that even though that they felt quite separate, that all of these things are, st are starting to come together. Um, so I guess in a sense, it's been incremental, but um, the aha moment was when I was, when we went remote on, uh, in the pandemic with the podcast and realizing that I could only um, give a platform to 52 women a year and that I wanted to be able to help more women than that and so that's when um, I came up with someone else that has suggested the idea of a, an agency and I thought well that's brilliant I can help other people to get onto other people's podcasts and so that expands the the possibilities of, of their voices getting out much further and so that's how we started but then it costs money for people to be represented by an agency and that doesn't sit well with me that that's not completely open to everyone so I decided to write a book which um, would give everybody so like a guide to, to how you get onto podcasts, how to be a podcast guest and how to use your knowledge, your story and your words and your message and your mission, how to use that to impact the world. So your, your life as, a, as an artist has not been a straight line, right? But you've gone in different areas, different mediums, and uh, you've developed, it seems like in one area, then you might have retraced and developed then in a different area. And, and then uh, as, as film and documentaries and the business associated with bringing that art to the world might have suppressed a particular artistic impulse, and then that got sort of broken open again and poured out of you in, in what sounds like a prolific manner. And then in your business life, you, you've been, uh, it seems in a, in a similar manner, going in one direction, maybe taking a step back and going a second direction. And so as somebody who is um, in, the, in your business life, promoting voices that you feel like need to be promoted, um, that to me speaks to trying to overcome a problem that these voices don't naturally find their way into the you know, narratives of our lives. And so they need somebody like you to, to bring them to this. So I'm, in terms of why that happens. I'm curious as to how you perceive, like what in our environment and our status quo, our social environment, not our physical environment, you know, makes it so that these voices that you're promoting, um, uh, are, that that doesn't happen naturally. Like why, what, what keeps them from being explosively on the scene because they're super important. Everybody you work with, I'm sure has a story that should be really known in the world but it's not. So what's the status quo force that keeps that from happening? Well, I guess historically women didn't have a voice in the world. And you know, even now they still don't have an equal voice. 
voice in the world. And, and so that's why I made the decision to, with the podcast, to um, interview women or people who identify as non-binary to give them the platform. Um, because I do feel that historically men have had you know more of a platform than than women have and and so I'm sort of I feel like I'm leveling up the playing field in some way um and you know hopefully in in time you know it won't be a male female or non-binary thing it would be a, a human thing and you know we we all have um the possibility of having the opportunity to say what is important to us to speak our truth to tell our story to share our message yeah i the uh the, the podcast world has certainly created a platform where the barrier to entry to tell a story you know is there and and now it is replete with you know so many stories out in the world and then it becomes um it needs people like you to kind of then okay from all of the hundreds of thousands of podcasts that exist, how do you now buy for attention and space? Um, which I think is a, is a big step up from how it was. You, you know, I'm in my 50s, and so it, I, <laughs> my ringtone is the old phone, the actual bell. People, my family laughs at me. It's the only thing I can hear. But they're like, oh, we have all this technology for you to bring us back to, you know, the 1970s when you first heard a phone. Um, <laughs> You are you are challenging assumptions, I think, in in the work that you're doing, and I think uh, I'm curious. Maybe you could talk on two levels. Like when you engage somebody that is coming to work with you, um, what assumptions with them as a as an artist or as a worker in the world that you need to um, address with them that say it it makes sense for you to work with me, like I what. Do, do they assume? Do they assume things that like, hey, I can never be what I think I could be in the world, and and you're trying to challenge that assumption that well, you can. We just need to work together to find you an avenue. Or um, what, when you pick the people that you work with and people that work with you pick you, what types of things are you changing in their mindset? Well, I'm when people come to me, they're coming obviously to, to be represented, but I'm really keen to work with people who um, are passionate about putting something out into the world that is gonna make a positive impact um, and change lives. And, um, and I think that you really know that when you meet someone that you, you think, oh yeah, I can really get behind this person. I can really champion them. I can really talk with, passion about what they're trying to do and I can try and convince a podcast host that yes this person is really worth coming on and 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 telling their story um I mean you had Emma Livingston on on your podcast and you know what you know she came on to talk about adults with cerebral palsy and and I feel really passionate that you know she is um she she has a platform now that she wouldn't have had you know, even probably five, 10 years ago, whereby, you know, podcasting is inclusive in that she can, from where she is, she can tell her story and talk about the work that she's doing. And she can tell people in America from UK and there's nothing stopping her doing that. And, and so it's someone like that, that I'm gonna go, 
yeah, I'm, I feel really strongly that you you have a powerful message and it's going to really impact people when they hear you and it's going to change their lives because they 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 can feel themselves reflected in what she has to say yeah and so for our listeners uh, emma livingston was the previous guest on our podcast and she was connected to me through lou's agency and uh, so when we talk about lou as an artist she's producing her own work as a person who is running an agency to connect people like Emma Livingston to me. She's looking to take the voices of these people, um, primarily women, and, and find the right platforms for them to, uh, to be heard in the world. And that's, um, that's how Emma and I come through Lose Good Work. And when we think about like the problem you're trying to solve as it relates to creating um, stronger opportunities for the people you're working with to to be heard in the world, uh, some people, you know, might diminish like, how important that work is. So I would like to speak to like, well, why do people see that as less of a serious issue that um, historically certain groups haven't heard been heard as strongly? And some people might say we're past that. That's no longer the case, you know. So why uh, why do you think that's the case? You know. Your work is advocating for a certain perspective. Why do other people who don't share that perspective see that as less of a problem than it really is? Yeah, I, well, I think that that's a again, it's a that's a historical issue, isn't it? That people, um, some people can see that you know we're we're here to evolve and learn and grow and educate ourselves by the stories of other people, and we've done that from when we were living in caves we've told each other we've told each other stories in order to learn in order to grow in order to not make the same mistakes again to learn from other people's lessons so that we don't make those mistakes um, or simply to understand that other people are different and and so okay so there other people going to do things certain ways and we're going to do things our way but by understanding that we have our differences, that we can live alongside each other and, and respect each other. And I think that, you know, wherever you stand, wherever you are politically, I think the more that we can understand to each other and understand each other's differences, the more that we can move forward for the bigger issues like climate change or like, um, COVID or like poverty, you know, all of those things that are kind of affecting the world at large, when we can work, when we can pull together in all our differences, we can make a big difference um, and make a better place. Yeah, I, I, for me, when you talk uh, like that, I think, you know, empathy is the word that comes to mind and that, you know, we have an opportunity to, to cultivate a level of empathy with people that we've never had before because we are hearing in the first person people's experiences and voices that we might not previously have had access to. So when I think about um, your work in the world and the status quo that it is rubbing up against is that the status quo for me in many senses is that we go back to the familiar, all the voices that we're used to hearing from and all the things that we know about. And however, you're bringing to the world an opportunity to say, you may not have ever thought about this, um, but here's a chance to listen to it. And the goal is to create, uh, you know, a level of empathy to understand 
something that you might not have previously have under understood. Uh, your your um, Emma, when you brought her to me, one of the things that stood out in that conversation, not to distract from a conversation about you, but just in that, is that um, when I asked her about, hey, what's a small change to make in the world that I'm about to ask you? She said, look, I'm really just wanted so that way um, we don't have to uh, be considered separately and that you, know, you should show up at a building that it should be accessible to everybody without somebody having to ask how is it that I'm supposed to get in the building? And I thought that was an eloquent statement because she's just saying, all I'm really seeking is a chance to work my way through the world like everybody else. Um, so in, in perhaps uh, either a mindset or a behavior that when you think about people, people are consuming your work and they may not even know it, right? You're, you're somebody who's promoting folks and so their message and voices in the world and the end person might not know that you're connected there. So if you think about maybe a small behavioral change you'd like to see in the world of people, um, what would that be? You know, that would more align themselves with, with I think, your vision um, for affecting the world positively. What would you like to see? Well, I think an openness. I think, first of all, you know, people aren't open because mostly they're fearful. Um, and we can overcome fear by learning and and we learn often through listening so I think you know I think podcasts are a really great place to start because there are so many voices and there are so many stories and there are so many different ways of seeing the world and so many different experiences that you know I certainly learn so much by listening to different podcasts and to listening, listening to different people that I might not have access to otherwise. And so I think, you know, I'm growing, I'm evolving, I'm learning, um, I'm becoming more open. And I'm hoping that that by helping other people to get out into the world to tell our stories that that, yeah, the people out there will also um, want to learn and grow and evolve and be more open and accepting. Yeah, yeah. So as we kind of head towards the, the conclusion of our, of our conversation, I'd like to hear about, you've done all these kind of interesting and, and unique things for all these different years, but could you pick out something that if you wanted to be associated with an accomplishment, something that in your time of, um, yeah, as an artist or as a professional, if you wanted to link something in somebody's mind, what accomplishment would you want to link most closely to? Well, this year, or sorry, last year, um, I got a, a commission for um, uh, some paintings and it was for an area in London called Canary Wharf. And uh, it's the sort of um, the finan financial district, I guess. And there's a new building there um, called One Park Drive, which is 50 sto 57 stories high. And uh, the interior director came to me and said, we'd like um, pairs of paintings on every floor of this, wow. this building. And each um, painting is to be, a, well, four foot square. So I, I get um, a meter and a half mm -hmm. um, square each. Um, so yeah, so last year I, I painted 117 oh. paintings for this, <laughs> for this building. But what I really love is that um, all the residents in this building can uh, move 
all around the building so they can go onto different floors and they can see the different artworks on the different floors. And what I found is that the residents um, have seen the paintings on my Instagram and then they've contacted other residents and they're sort of, so they're starting a sort of a community and talking about the art and some are commissioning for their own uh, from me from for their own uh, apartments and so what I love is that what what could have been just a very sort of isolating building um, you know sort of blank corridors sure. has become something that almost like their own art gallery but it but the paintings pull together all of the all of the people in that uh, and on those 57 stories so yeah so I, I love that and I feel that that's sort of quite iconic for my work that I mean I don't know that there's much greater compliment to an artist right I mean the artist creates this thing in the world and it separates from the artist it's its own thing right and then if that thing is bringing people together uh, in a, you know a delightful way uh, that that's a very uh, special thing to I would want that associated with me that's pretty awesome <laughs> and that will live past you know that will live beyond uh, your reach you know, <laughs> right so you will you have in effect become immortal in your own sort of small uh, way as long as those things are with us that is a that's a wonderful story I love the artists that shape the physical space because it's a quiet way of shaping somebody's experience it's it's unobtrusive in its own sense but it's profound because the the shape of a building the colors the you know what you're observing in the physical world affects your mood and um what a strong thing to have done in the world well there's a lot of places people could learn about you so maybe you could tell us a little bit about if people want to find out about lou hamilton where shall they go what's the best places to find you Yes, yeah, so the, the website is www.silk-studios.co.uk um, and that's for the agency. Um, the podcast is Brave New Girl Podcast. And if you're on Instagram, come and find me at brave underscore new girl or Lou Hamilton Art. And uh, yeah, please come and say hello. And we'll, we'll put those links on our, on our show notes. And so we'll make it easy for people to find you, uh, the threeminuteuplift.com, where we have <clears throat> our um, our meditation classes is where you'll find the blog. But the uh, for those of you who might be finding this via Apple or any other of our podcast outlets, if you want to find those links, uh, certainly look those up. I think if um, you Google Lou Hamilton and Silk Studios, right, is the name of your company, that uh, your chances are you're going to land there as well. Lou, I'm grateful you took the time halfway around the world. You, you, you were able to carve out space in the day for me. Thank you very much. Um, I'm grateful that you were here. Thank you so much. And it's really great what you're doing with this podcast. I absolutely love it. That's, that's very gracious. Thank you. Well, uh, today's modern revolutionary is moving us forward. Uh, like others we've talked to, Lou Hamilton, she's clear-eyed about our current situation and she's brave enough you know, a brave new girl, right? How appropriate. She's brave enough to bring her thoughts and her words and her actions to the arena. I hope that she inspires you uh, because the modern revolution needs us all. Don't keep your thoughts and words locked away. We need all of you. Thanks. you.